<clears throat> so we're really not up to the topic of tonight's daf. We are in the middle of what we discussed last night. So we discussed last night a machlekes between Rabbi Yankov and the Rabbonin, whether or not you can use four poles as a sukkah without any real walls. The Chacham say no way, and Rabbi Yankov says it's fine. We tried making it a machlekes about good asik. We tried making it that the walls travel upwards, to which the Gemara said is not true because we find the exact same machlekes in the middle of the ground, the middle of a parking lot, which means it can't be at the corners of a building. So that was not a good plan. So says the Gemara now, what is really Rabbi Yankiv's rationale? Says the Gemara, Unfortunately, we're going to start from Dalad and Bay is about 10 lines on the bottom. If a person plants four poles, four posts into the ground, puts on top of If you would be able to take this round pole and carve out an L from this round pole, and each leg of the L would be a tefach, you can carve, chisel, and flatten. They would have a din of a diyumid. Diyumid is like duo, so Latin Lushan, to amudim. So, in a certain sense, even though we know that normally a sukkah requires seven tefachim, but that's two walls of seven tefachim and one wall of a tefach. The Chacham say, no, we're not budging from there. You still need two walls and a tefach. But Rabbi Yankiv says, since you have these diyumdin, you have in all four corners, so you have a, in a certain sense, a greater representation of four walls than you do otherwise. Because here you have each corner, each wall, each direction north has two tefachim. One in the east of the north and one in the west of the north. East has two tvachim, one in the north of the east, one in the south of the east. So each direction, because of the L, the four L's, each one has a tefach, so that's a little better. If you can't carve out a tefach each way, if you have the walls of a sukkah, a diyumid, that each corner has two directions, it's a good sukkah. No, 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 no. We're not budging at you. Okay, that was the end of last night. So now we go to the second line of our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said four psulim and sukkah. The first psul was a sukkah that's too high. We brought three reasons. We brought Handel Rai about what's wrong with a sukkah that's too high. We brought yesterday a series of possible solutions how to fix a sukkah that's too high. We're now moving on to the second psul and sukkah, too low. Why? What's wrong? What's wrong? You can look in the Torah and you don't see anything wrong. Why would a sukkah be possible if it's less than 10 tfach? Itmar. So the Gemara is going to bring a very roundabout reason. Rav, Rav Hanina, Rav Yechanan, Rav Chaviva, Masnu. This, qu- quad, this um, quartet learned as follows. Bekula Seder Maid, by the way, whenever you find these four names in Maid, Kol Ki Agavna Chalfi Rabbi Yechanan, take out Rabbi Yechanan, Umali Rabbi Yechanan. Better to read Rabbi Yechanan there. That's really the Girsa. 
Anyway, so what's the what's the cheshbon? The cheshbon is like this: Aron tefach. The Aron was nine tefachim high, and the lid of the Aron, also known as the kapiras, was one tefach. So, given number one, the Aron was ten tefachim high. Given number two. Hashem said, I will talk to you from on top of the kapiris. So given number two, given number one is kapiris was 10 off the floor. And given number two is Hashem did go there. And given number three, if you put these three givens together, we will get a fact. If given, Tanya, and another given, Rabbi Yaisi Eimer, Never did Hashem's full Shechina come on earth. Now, this, don't, don't take this the wrong way. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Malay Kala Aretz And if a person would, would like go like, you know, the Marines in like training camp, like on their tummies, and like, you know, their mamash on the ground, you can't do an Avera when you're like that because Hashem's still there. So when we talk, when we talk, when we talk over here about the Shekhinah not being that low, it means HaKadosh Baruch Hu officially resting His presence. Obviously, we're talking in shades of gray that we don't know. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't rest His presence less than 10 Tfachim off the ground. And by the way, this is not what we need for Sukkah, but it's a true fact also. And our two examples of humans that we know that did ascend to heaven, Moshe and Elio, they never went above 10 Tfachim past where earth officially ends. What does that mean? Based on the concept that Hashem, although he could go wherever he wants, the way he did set up the world is that he doesn't go wherever he wants. Because it says, says the Gemara, so before we move on to the Sukkah part of this, the Gemara questions this, 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 Hanoch, Really? Hashem never went below ten, never went below ten. Hashem al Harsina. Hashem went on Harsina. Nope. He went as close to Harsina as Hashem is gonna get, but he still remained in the domain of Hashem Shemaim Lashem. I Frank the Gemara Vaksiv Amdu Ragal Bayamu Al Hargrizim. Like Lane and after I think of Shabbos Khalmaid Sukkis, Hakarish Barhu. Hakarish Barhu put his legs. On Hargrizim, I'm sorry, says the Gemara, that was again, it was as close to Hashem is going to get to being down to earth, but Lamaisa was still within the domain of Hashemayim, Hashemayim, Hashem. The Gemara now questions the second part of the Hanacha. Really? Moshe and Elio never went up to Shemayim, Vaksiv, Umaisha, Ola, Elalakim. Moshe went up to Hashem. Does that not say that clearly? Says the Gemara, nope, Lamata Me'asara. He went to the outer realms of earth, nothing compared to today's news that's that's well within earth. Outer space is still earth. Um, not 86 kilometers high. But says the Gemara, it says, Moshe, again, Lamata Me'asara. He remained within Tent Fachim at the edge of earth. Elio went up in a whirlwind to Shemaim. Again, says Lamata Me'asar. One last try. Vaksiv. Says the Gemara, doesn't it say, and this is the backstory 
to the Gemara in Shabbos that we're all familiar with. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to give the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu. The Malachim challenged Moshe Rabbeinu, said, Ma enesh kisiskerenu, who is this, who is this human that's going to take the Torah from us? HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded Moshe, hold on to my kisei HaKavid and answer them. This is the Pusik that tells us what happened. Ma'achas pene kisei parshas alav ananai. Grab onto my kisei, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, and I will spread my anan, my cloud on you. Va'amar reptanchum. What does this mean? Malamit shepiresh shakai meziv shechinase. HaKadosh Baruch Hu spread from his shine. Va'ananai and his cloud, meaning these are representations of what we see when we see the representation of Hashem. Olav onto Moshe Rabbeinu. It says, Lamata Me'asara. Again, Meshra Benu remained within the realm of earth. What are you talking about? Until now, we we're talking about people or Hashem's. But we weren't talking about physical entities. It says he grabbed onto the Kisei covered. We know that that's in Shemaim. That had to be above earth, says the Gemara. Nope. HaKadosh Baruch Hu floated his chair down close to earth within grasp of Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's what he grabbed on. Okay, so let's pause for a second here. We survived the challenges, but we remain with our three givens. Number one, number one, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't go beneath ten. Number two, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did say he went to the top of the Arn. Number three, we know that the Arn was ten tfachim. So, we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu being Tentvachim above earth, which is where he said he did, he went on top of the earth, which was Tentvachim. So you see, that's a separate Rishos. Ah, a sukkah has to be a respectable Rishos. And that's the source that a sukkah has to be Tentvachim, because it wouldn't make sense that a sukkah is anything less than a recognized, respectable Rishos, and if HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't come to the Rishos of Earth, yet he did go above 10, because we know he went on top of the arm. We're going to have to do the back math in a second. So, but we see from here that 10 is a respectable Rishos. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Let me question some of your math. Part of your calculation was that the arm was 10 Tvach. So the arm part, you're good. Bishlema Arayin Tisha Dixit. The fact that the Aaron was nine high, that's written in the Torah. Also, Aaron atzei shitim ama saim vechetzi arka. It's two and a half amas long. The ama vechetzi rachbay. It's an ama and a half deep. The ama vechetzi kaimasay, and it's an ama and a half high. An ama six. An ama is six tvachim. One and a half times six is nine. So the Aaron was nine high. But you also needed the kapiras, the lid of the aron, being a tefach, in order to make this work. Ela kapiras tefach minolon. How do you know that the kapiras was actually a tefach? Tani ribchi kol kalim shasam Moshe. I'll tell you how I know. All the kalim that Moshe made nitna behen tyramidas arkanamidas rachmanamidas kaimasi. Everything else in the base hamidas, the shulchan, the menorah, the aron, everything had. All three dimensions, height, depth, width. But Kapiris, since it had to fit on the Aran, we know that the length and depth 
obviously matched the Aaron. It was a lid. Kaparis midas arkamidas rachba nasna. The Torah gave us the wet, the width and the depth because it had to fit on the arm. Midas kaimasa leinitna, but its height we didn't know. So we just reinforced that question. How do you know that the kaparis was a tefach high? And that would be how you knew that the top of the arm is ten tefachim high. So this is very important. How did you know that the kaparis is a tefach high? Says the Gemara. Well, go find the smallest other keli, and that's going to be your shear. Tzeulamad, learn it out from Mepachas Sheba Kelim, the smallest of all the other Kelim. Shenemar, Vasisa Loi, Mizgeres Tefach Savit. You should make around the Shulchan a rim, one Tefach high. Malahal Tefach, Havkan Tefach. So we find precedent that the smallest keli in the Mishkan was a Tefach high. Says more, whoa, why'd you just pick that out of a hat? Why don't you learn out of like the Kalim themselves? How about the Mizbeach? It's five Amis high. Why don't you learn out? Why don't you learn out of the Mizbeach? Vinelef me Kalim Gufayu. Says more, a big rule, which we had earlier in Sukkah. Tafasta Maruba, Loi Tafasta, Tafasta Muat Tafasta. When you have a choice and a person says, take one, always take the smallest one. You will never have egg on your face. Which means if you, if I offer you, Put three bills in front of you. I said, I'd like to give you one. The five, a 10, and a 20. Take the five. Because you will never be called back. Worst case scenario is I said, no, no, I meant for you to take more. Whereas if you grab the 20, I'd say, well, you pig. I didn't mean for you to take that. Give back. I meant for you to take the 10 or the five. So by always taking the smallest, you will never be called back. You will never be embarrassed. You will never be... Chastised. If you take the biggest one, you'll be, so the rule always is when you have something to choose. So what should I choose to compare? The smallest or the smallest? Somewhere says, okay, oh, you want small? Learn out of the tzitz. Vanilla me tzitz. Learn from the band that went across the Kaingadol's head. The time tzitz daimakimintaz shells up. The tzitz looked like a plate of gold. Verach of bezetz boys, and it was two fingers thick, which is half of a tefa. And it went from ear to ear of and it had two lines written on it. obviously, on the top line, on the bottom line, Or, like we just had recently in Yuma, no, 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 you're wrong. And I'm not even arguing with Allah. I saw it. And I got my special tour of the palace in Rome. Because there was only one line written on it. But the bottom line is, we all agree, it was two, two, two at spice wide. So why don't you learn the kapiris from the tzitz? Says more, done and clean, make clean. No, the kapiris is a useful vessel. It's a keli. You could only learn that from keli. The tzitz was an accoutrement. It was an accessory on the Kaingadol's uniform. Frank Mar, oh, you want a Caleb and me there? Three Caleb in the Mishkan had a decorative crown, which is teeny. Mar says, Dom Ramar, Zer Mashahu. It's a little decorative crown, a patina. Says the Mar, Dun and Klee, Meklee, Dun and Klee, No, we want to learn the Caleb, which the, the Kapiris was, from a real Caleb, not something that's a, an accoutrement to a Caleb. So Mar says, oh, <laughs> So then you can't learn out of the Mizgaris. The Mizgaris is also a design. The Mizgaris is also a patina. It's also an accoutrement. Mar says, Mizgaris nami hachshar klihu. Answers the Gemara. Okay, everyone touch your table. Grab your hand around the bottom. If you feel on the bottom of your table, there's a tefach 
um, piece here that is holding the tabletop in place. Says Mar, that's the Mizgaris. Mizgaris is not fancy, it's not decorative, it's quite utilitarian, in fact. It's there to hold the table. The Mizgaris was under the tabletop of the Shulchan. Says Mar, well, that's debatable. Yeah, you're correct if you're of the opinion that the Mizgaris was under the tabletop of the Shulchan. But if you are of the opinion that the Mizgaris was on top and it was just a rim and it was taka decorative, you can't learn that at Michael and Maymar. Hi, Heksher Klihu. It's only a decoration. It's only an addition. It's only an accoutrement. Mar says, okay, I'm wrong. But I'll tell you another story. I'm going to learn out the Kapiris, which the Torah did give some dimensions to. I'm not learning out of Tzitzvizer that the Torah gave no dimensions to. So we have one source. The Aaron was nine. The, the, the Kapiris was one. Where do we learn it out from? The Mizgaris. So that is one source that the Aaron was 10 high. Plug that into the three givens of before. Rabhuna Mehacha, a second source that the miske, that the Kapiris was a tefach high. Because it says, when the Kaingado sprayed the dam inside the Kaidish HaKadoshim, he sprayed it towards, not on, towards the Pinei HaKapiris. So we see that the Kapiris is described in terms of Panim. And we know, generally, you'll never find a smaller face than a tefach. So the Gemara says, well, one second, you, look, you want to judge from a face? How about a face of a massive mammoth bird? Ah, maybe it means the face of this giant monster scary bar yuchni bird. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Nope. Tafasta. You only have a right to learn out of a small face. You can't just pick the biggest face on earth. Says Gemara, oh, you want small face? How about the face of a hummingbird? It's one inch high. Says Gemara, oh, you're telling me you have to take the smallest face in nature? Well, get the face of a hummingbird. It's like an inch or a centimeter, whatever it is. It's teeny. Says the Gemara, okay, you're right. I'm not just judging from random faces. I'm learning the word pine hermeneutically. I'm learning the word pine with Xerashov. Says Gemara, Omer of Achabar Yankiv, Rafuna Pine Pine Gomer. Rafuna is learning Pine from Xerashov. Xiv, Hacha, El Pine Kapiris. We see here the Kapiris is referred to in terms of Ponim. Vixiv Hasam, and it says in the Torah, Me'es Pine Yitzchak Aviv. So we see that a human face is called Pine, and a human face is at least a Tefach big, and that is how we know the Kapiris is a Tefach. Samara says, oh, you, you want to learn out of, um, out of Xer Shavas? Why don't you learn from a heavenly face? like Yankiv said to Esav, Kirois Pinei And here he's talking about a Malach, which assumingly has a massive face. Samara says, again, okay, you have a Xer to a human face, which is a Tefach, and you have a Xer to an angelic face, which is huge. Again, you can't take the bigger one. Tafasta Marubatali Tafasta. Tafasta Marubatafasta. Mara says, okay, you want a normal sized face that has the word Pinay so you can use your Xerashava. Vinelif, 
make kruv, learn out from one of the kruvim, the chsev, el hakaparis, you pene hakruvim. So you see the kruvim are referred to as pene. Where it says, Amar Bacham Yankiv, Gemiri, in fact, it's true, we learned that ain't pene kruvim, pluzim etafach. So it's like this. Okay, fine. You don't want me to learn out of human face? You want to use the Yisera Shavatah kruvim face? It's the same result. It's a, it's a tefach. So I'm not saying I'm learning from a kruv. Well, the your kasha is not going to really throw me off. And by the way, Ravuna Taka learns it out from the face of a kruv because it's a tefach big. So listen, I don't think it's a kruv. I think it's a human, which is a tefach. You want to back me into the corner and you learn out of a kruv face? It's also a tefach. By the way, the Gemara goes off on a little tangent. Umay kruv, what is the word kruvim? It's not another word anywhere else in Tanakh. It's, you know, sometimes we could put a word together and we see the Shirish is like this. Rashi says, V'dayim to such and such pasik. There's no other word kruv in the Torah. Amr babo kiravya, like a child. Where do you get that? Shekem bebavel, in Babylonian, in the Lashon of Bavel, currently yinuka rabia. They call children rabia. And the Torah is the source for all other Lushainas. So Ruva Margolis explains, when we don't know, in Sanhedrin in the beginning, if we don't know where a word comes from, but we find the word in another Lushan, we can assume that that word is sourced in the Torah. That's how like Taitafas in African means too. Really? A Kruv is a human face? Then another Pasuk makes no sense. It's talking about the Kisei covered and it says, Pineha Echad. One side is Pene Kruv, is the face of a Kruv. And another side is Pene Adam, is a human face. Didn't you tell me, Hainu Kruv, Hainu Adam? Didn't you tell me a Kruv is a human? Where it says, well, Ape Rav, Viva Ape Zutri. One is a big face, one is a small face. Okay, so we just spent a lot of time and we figured out we had three givens. Number one, Hashem never comes to earth. Number two, Hashem does come to the top of the Aron. Number three, the top of the Aron is ten tefachim. The nine was the easy part. And the last tefach, we have to work our heads off for the last tefach. The last tefach, either we learn out, we learn out from, either we learn out from, um, the, the last tefach, we learn out from the misgeres, or we learn the last tefach from Pinay which is a tefach. Where do we know that from? Either a human face or a crow face. Bottom line is, we have our three givens, which equals a ten tefachim, and a karsh goes ten tefachim. Oh, that's a chash of a rishos, and that's the makar that a sukkah has to be ten. Ah, says the Gemara, you did a great job, except one zach. You have a grand total of ten. Is that what we're searching for? We're not searching that a sukkah all-in is 10. We're searching that the usable space within a sukkah is 10, which would make the top of the sukkah higher than 10. So you did a great job. You proved the number 10 all-in. That's not what I want. I want living space, usable space, actual space is 10 tfachim, and you failed to do that. Says the Gemara, big fail. Omar... Umimai asks the Gemara, the halal asara bar misichacha. How do you know that the space, the halal, the cavity within the sukkah, bar mis is ten tvachim bar misichacha, excluding the schach, ema bahadi sichacha. All you've proven is the whole number all in is ten. That's not what I want. Goodbye.
So there's good news and bad news. The bad news is we just lost that limud. The good news is, is that the math we just discovered will be usable and useful in the next limud. So we're ditching that limud. Like Rabbi Jervel said, whenever it says the word Ella, it's an erase button. So, <laughs> so Ella, goodbye. That limud is out. But the math that we picked up there is, is, is a good thing. Ela mi base elamim gomer. We're going to learn out from the besamigdash. The ksiv it says like this. The heichal that shleima built lashem shishem ama arkei. It was sixty amos long. The esrim rochba is twenty amos wide. This is the number we're interested in. Vishloishem ama kaimose. It was thirty amos high. The ksiv kaimes hakruva echad eser ba'amba. That the kruvim were ten amis high. The kruvim in the Besamigdash were not attached to the arm, they were on the floor, and they were ten amis high. So now, we need one piece of information from this. The kruvim, the colon, bias, the kruvim to the bias, the ratio of kruv to bias, one to three. Bias was 30 amis high, kruvim 10 amis high. So we can pick up from the Besamigdash a kruv to ceiling ratio of one to three. Says the Marvitanya, just like the ratio in the Beis Hamikdash was one to three, we can apply this ratio to the Mishkan as well, that the Kruvim topped out at one third of the height. Mishkan Kamahave. Now, how tall was the Mishkan? Eser Amis. The Mishkan was 10 Amis tall. How do you know the Ksiv Eser Amis Eirech HaKeresh? The Keresh was 10 Amis high. Kamahave, what is 10 Amis if you um, convert it into Tfachim? Shisen Pushchi, 60 Tfachim. Telos Kamahave, let's apply the ratio. What is one third of 60 Tfachim? Esrim Pushchi, that is 20 Tfachim. So, Vit Kruvim topped out at 20. Now, here's where we can use our old math. Minus the Aran that the Kruvim were sitting on top of. Now, how much is the Aran? 10 Tfachim, and we really know that. And we really prove that. So, minus the 10 Tfachim of the Aran, Dal Asara, the Aran, Vekapiris, Pashul Asara. So, the Kruvim topped out at 10 Tfachim. And check out the lashon that it says by the kruvim v'ksiv v'hayu akruvim parshe kenafayim lemaila the kruvim spread their wings above soichachim bekanfeyem alakapiras they acted as schach to the kapiras so the kruvim whatever the kruvim did and whatever dimensions the kruvim had and whatever role the kruvim played is a is a source it's a binyanav for schach the definition of schach is that it's soichech attend the Torah calls it schach says the Gemara I don't want to rain on your party but I don't think you addressed the problem again you're here not to prove the number 10. You're here to prove that Tzach is above the 10 and you have 10 Tzachim of living space within the Tzach. How do you know that their wings, Ilu Reshayu, are above their heads, in which case there will be Tzach above 10 Kaimi. Maybe the wings were equal to the head. Here says, nope, you're not going to get me again. It says they were above the 10. So here's a perfect Makar. It says Tzach above 10. Ah! 
Yishmak. Says the Gemara, Ve'emet de Midlituva, well, maybe it means they're totally above. Maybe it means they're at 14 Tvachim, 18 Tvachim, 37 Tvachim. Says, whoa, 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 you just went nuts. Miksiv Lamaila Lamaila. Does it say above, above? It just says above. And that is our Makar. That's great. Says the Gemara, you're good. Just have one little issue to raise. All your math was based on a six tefach amma, which means whatever direction you went, you needed to prove that the arn was ten high. How did you know that the arn was ten high? Because the Torah says the arn is amma v'chetzi high, one and a half amma's high. We said that's nine tefachim because we assumed that amma is six tefachim. All of your math is based on a six tefach amma. Says the Gemara, problem is that that is not universal. Oh, Nichol Remeyer, what you said is perfect in Remeyer. All Amas were perfect six Tvachim, which means I don't care if you're describing an Amma in a building. I don't just care if you're describing an Amma in a Kali. I don't care if you're describing an Amma in furniture. They're all six Tvachim Amas, not above, not below, just right. Which case the Oren, which was a Kali, had six tefach amas. Amma and a half is, is nine tefachim. We're good. Says the Gemara, but, but, Elul Rabbi Yehuda, the Amar, Amma shall binyan shisha tefachim. Rabbi Yehuda says, yeah, that's, an Amma in a building is always six tefachim. Vishal kalim chamisha havu. Vishal kalim chamisha. But, an Amma, of a keli is only five. Let's redo the math and we have a big problem. Michael Amemar, what are you going to do? Arain v'kapiris kamahavu. How much is the arn in the kapiris? Tamio palga, eight and a half, which means it says that the arn was an ama and a half high. How much is an ama five tefach? What's one and a half times five? Seven and a half. Add on the tefach of the kapiris, which you proved you're at eight and a half. Then plug in the other half of the math. The schach was at 20. So you minus eight and a half from 20, you get 11 and a half. This would be a perfect makar that a sukkah has to be 11 and a half amas high. Is that what you want to do? Is that what you want to do? Says the Gemara, Pashlu Chadzrei Upalge. It's going to leave over 11 and a half. Ema sukkah dahavya chadzrei upalge. Maybe a sukkah would have to be 11 and a half tfachim high. Says the Gemara, oh man, you wore me out. Which means I brought you first a makar that the Rashus is 10. Then you asked me a great kasha that includes the schach. Then I brought you a makar from the Kruvim that said they acted as schach over a, a hollow area of 10. And they got it. Where was this based on? That the Kruvim are one third of the height. And that was based on that the Aran was, was 10 tfachim high. But if you hold Amashal Kalim is five, it was only eight and a half high, and you would have a makar for 11 and a half. I am out of luck. There is nowhere in the Torah I could prove to you that a sukkah needs to be 10 tfachim high. Says the Gemara, Elul Rabbi Yehuda, Hilchasegimirila. Rabbi Yehuda will have to resort to the height of a sukkah, to the minimum height of a sukkah, being a halacha l'mayshem esinai. Says the Gemara, the Omar of Chiyabar Ashi, Omar Rav, says Rabbi Chiyabar Ashi in the name of Rav, three big areas in halacha are all halacha l'mayshem esinai. Shiurin, all the shiurim. 
how much chaylev you eat, how much chaz you eat, how much you have to eat in Yom Kippur, how much you have to carry on Shabbos. All of these shurim are nowhere in the Torah. They're all halach l'meshem isinais. And chatzitzen, the laws of chatzitzen when it comes to going to mikveh are also halach l'meshem isinai. We're going to have to clarify this tomorrow. And finally, mechitzen, the laws of mechitzes when it comes to sukkah are halach l'meshem isinai. And that is where Rabbi Yehuda needs to learn the height of a sukkah. Halach l'meshem isinai. And we will resume tomorrow with this next Gemara.